Welcome to First Love Podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, with Reverend Jonathan Warren. Reverend Warren's sermon title today is, It's a Wonderful World. Stay tuned after the sermon to enjoy the chancel choir singing, Hear the Angels Singing. Our gospel lesson comes to us from Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Let us listen to the Word of God. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. And the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestors, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Even every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. The chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the word of the Lord. John the Baptist isn't part of the culture. He doesn't do things like everyone else. I couldn't see him wearing a Santa hat or putting up a Christmas tree. He's just different, set apart from the crowd. He's certainly not going to sugarcoat things. He's a truth teller. Now, with him in mind, I made up a new verse to the song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. With ice and snow blowing, my money all going, headaches severe. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Even though Christmas is wonderful, we live in the real world where it's not always so magical, right? The world and time we live in is a mess. Now, John the Baptist faces something very similar, and Jerusalem is the epicenter of this mess, where politics, corruption, greed, and power are center stage. Now, if you study old maps of Jerusalem, the temple was prominent. In the top right corner was the Antonio building. Rome, the administrating power, was breathing down their necks. Religious elite strings are being pulled by the powerful Romans, Literally, Big Brother was watching every calculative move they made. They're in a time of great and heavy taxation. 
There's major unrest from citizens. The religious institution is cracking. Now the citizens are looking for a leader to lead a peasant's revolt. They desperately needed something to change. So that's the backdrop of the tensions in, in Jerusalem. And then John the Baptist enters the scene. And John the Baptist is part of a religious group who literally lives out in the desert, away from Jerusalem's corruption, away from its politics, power, and greed. The religious group he's part of is called the Essenes. In fact, it's a Jewish sect, and I explored this region when I went to Israel. You see, they saw themselves as different than the other religious groups, especially Jerusalem. They were set apart from the world. These people participated in a daily washing ritual where they would clean themselves from all impurities. This community must not have anything to do with corruption, is what they said. And their job was to warn people about all the wrong with the world and religion. They lived and spoke against it. They were calling for change. John the Baptist is charismatic and fearless. He's fearless in speaking against the political leaders and the religious elite. He's calling the Pharisees and Sadducees a brood of vipers to their face. And with his charisma, people are flocking to hear his message. A lot of them from Judea and Jerusalem. And the key to John's message is to keep pure. Be physically, emotionally, religiously away from corruption, away from it all. He's crying out for change. He's announcing a new leader is about to come, a savior who will lead these people. Now, this is not a popular message, especially among the politicians and the religious elite. The truth is, we live in a world that hasn't changed that much. Our world plays the same game. Somehow corruption, power, and greed, they trump everything. This world's a mess. There was apartheid in South Africa 25 years ago. Even America struggled through women and civil rights. This still continues. Mistreatment of minorities, poor, those different. In fact, China has recently put a million minorities in camps. Then with the holidays, it's easy to see greed and possessions taking over us. Uh, Black Friday now starts on Thanksgiving or before. Cyber Monday has turned to Cyber Week. So I wonder what John the Baptist would have to say to us today. At the Art Institute in the miniature room last year, there was a display of England in 1644. It said that General Oliver Cromwell took over the country after a civil war, and as a Puritan, he believed they'd made Christmas into a time of indulgence with too much feasting and drinking. And since Cromwell was the Charlie Browniest of them all, he and his followers enforced a law banning, if you can believe it, Christmas celebrations. Cromwell believed Christmas should be a time for fasting, a time for prayer. Not making this up. Cromwell was the real Scrooge. 
In fact, some say they were so adamant, they had men sniffing out mincemeat pies. Of course, the Christmas ban was hugely unpopular. Despite threats of fines and punishment, many continued to celebrate. The, the ban was lifted 16 years later. Now, as charismatic as we, he was, I don't think John the Baptist could even cancel Christmas. There'd be riots. And it wouldn't necessarily solve anything. The fascinating thing is, God comes into this mess. Into the corruption, the greed, into the injustice, and all those games that we play. Why would God do that? The only reason I can figure is that God dearly loves us and wants things better for all of God's creation. John the Baptist is merely preparing the way. The miracle of Christmas is that God loves us so much that God becomes a person who walks and talks and teaches, a person who heals and cries, and even someone who dies. God loves us, mess and all. Now, Jesus is quite a bit different than John the Baptist. John was an, is part of the sect, the Essenes, where he was ritually poor, pure, and believed a new community must be made outside of Jerusalem. But Jesus doesn't live this way. He doesn't escape the mess. Instead of leaving the mess, he goes straight into Jerusalem, into the heart of it. Jesus is unafraid to face corruption, greed, power, head-on. And Jesus answered the most powerful force on this planet. And his response to the religious elite was simple. Love and justice. Even if it cost his life, he would love. So that's what we're called to do. We aren't supposed to bury our heads in the sand. We're not supposed to run away. We're not supposed to ban Christmas when it becomes too commercial. But instead, we're called to be fearless in love and justice. Jesus' model for us is to enter this messy world and work on loving the people, mess and all, which is quite powerful. Because you and I, the folks out there, we're a big, hot mess. Imagine many of you have seen the new Mr. Rogers movie. Mr. Rogers, a Presbyterian minister, had a dream to make a television show for children. You know, he had seen children's cartoons and he felt they were garbage. So he worked his entire career to do uh, just this to make something for children because he felt television was too commercial. So he'd gone his whole career and he wondered if he'd ever made a difference. He finally turned on the television and he found out it wasn't that much better. In spite of all the programming out there, he had decided his whole life long 
not to bury his head in the sand, but to be fearless in love. He made a profound impact and difference, inspiring a generation of children because of a simple message, to love children. That's the Christmas message. God enters this mess and loves everyone in this messy world, so we shouldn't be shocked by the mess. Instead, Jesus shows us what's more powerful than greed, corruption, and injustice. It's what these candles are about. Peace, joy, hope, and love. So I made up another new verse to the song. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Even though we're a mess, God is born on Christmas, loving us dear. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The best Christmas gift you can give doesn't even cost a dime. We're called to share love, justice, mercy, and to forgive. In a messy world that desperately needs it. That's why Jesus comes. Even though we're a mess, God is born on Christmas, loving us dear. It's the most Wonderful time of the year. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the First Love Podcast. For more information about the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois, visit our webpage at 
www.firstpresjax.org. That's www.firstpresjax.org. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. The church phone is 217-245-4189. Street address is 870 West College. Children and Adult Sunday School services are every Sunday from 9 to 9.45 a.m. Sunday church service starts at 10 a.m. We invite you to visit us whenever you're in the neighborhood. 